Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Fitness Canner podcast. I am your host, Eric Feigl, as always, and I am joined by a Cincinnati trainer, Scott Goodpaster, the owner of Cincinnati Functional Fitness. Scott, how are you today? Thanks for joining me. I'm doing well, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, you're kind of a mainstay in, in Cincinnati. I think most people, when I when I talk to even my own clients about, you know, have you have you heard of this place? Have you worked with other trainers or um, even even local places like uh, I don't know. You probably know Mindy Piles. Uh, she's a instructor at Cincinnati State, and she's a huge advocate of yours also. And, and they all bring up Cincinnati Functional Fitness and the great things that you guys are doing over there. So I wanted to have you on to kind of enlighten people about what you're about, what you guys are doing, and, and how you take care of business over there. So give us a, a brief background about yourself and how you got into the field. Well, when I was uh, 14 years old, I uh, I weighed 80 pounds, and I was four foot eleven when I got my moped license. And I think that's where it started. You know, I got made fun of, you know, you're a skinny kid, and, you know, I started lifting weights, and uh, you know, it, this the the rest was history. I uh, I uh, started. I played sports in high school. I wrestled. I played baseball. I played football. So I uh, went through the journey of, of lifting weights and being a, a gym rat and being in sports all my life. So I went to college, and you know, when you're 18 years old, you you really don't have your identity. You don't know who you are. And you're kind of feeling yourself out, what do you really want to do in life? So I went to school, and I uh, majored in athletic training. Okay. And after three years of athletic training, I'm like, you know, I, I look back and I ask the question, where was I the most happiest? Yeah. Was always being in the gym. So I went to Wright State for three years, and, you know, I ended up transferring to University of Cincinnati and majoring in, in uh, health and, and promotion. And, uh, you know, it took me 10 years to get, get a bachelor's degree, but I finally did it. And during my senior year at UC, I uh, I met a guy named Juan Carlos Santana in Columbus. I went to a fitness uh, perform better workshop, and that's where I truly, truly learned how to train is through him. I did a uh, internship in 2002 with Juan Carlos Santana. Okay, that's a, that's really interesting that you they come from an athletic training background because you stuck with it a lot longer than I did. That's kind of how I got into the field. Uh, went through high school athletics, all that jazz, and then when I got into college, I started um, doing athletic training, and I just realized after a semester of putting in however many hours of work that I didn't want to wrap football players' feet for the rest of my life, you know? <laughs> like, this, this really isn't where my passion is. I don't, I don't have a drive to do this, so it kind of transferred off into to, um, exercise science more more specifically. Where Where did the idea of – of Cincinnati functional fitness come from? Can can you can you explain more about what that means to you? And because right now I think the term functional fitness I think means a lot of different things to different people depending on who you who you ask. Um, so what does that mean to you and your trainers? What you guys do over there? Well, Cincinnati functional uh, fitness. You know, when I was with, with JC Juan Carlos Santana down in Florida. I, he kind of influenced me to 
to open up my own place. He offered me a job after my, my internship, and I'm like, you know, I can really make an impact in Cincinnati. I would rather start my own business and touch lives on my own. So JC, you know, he's my mentor. He, he's been my biggest influence in my professional life. I mean, he, he truly deeply touched my life in so many positive ways, and he really taught me, like, what training was all about. You know, I used to, Eric, I used to, when I started training, I used to sit people on sidebacks equipment and go through the whole circuit. I mean, could you imagine doing that these days? Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, honestly, I, I kind of, I can, and I I, I still kind of do. So, I mean, there, you know, there, there's that, like, different approach to to different things, but, I mean, everybody's a little different, you know? No, absolutely. There, there's just not one way to skin a cat, but that. That's where right. I used to train. I mean, I still do that stuff, but to answer your question, what is functional training and what do we do? Well, number one, it's a private uh, personal training facility, and we do offer uh, fit classes, like circuit training classes, that have all the functional movement in it. But functional training is what I base my uh, gym on, the concept of training movements, not isolated muscles. Like traditional lifting focuses on each individual muscle, functional training focuses on the entire coordinated muscle. So at the end of the day, we want our athletes, we want our seniors, our general population, our youth, we want them to move better in real life. So 70% of our training is functional training, toenails to fingernails, and then the other 30% is, is your bodybuilding. I mean, bodybuilding facilitates muscle growth. You need muscle. You know, it up, up right. regulates your metabolism. It, it helps with bone loss. It has a lot of great benefits. Right. But functional training improves your, your movement and your performance, and that's what Cincinnati Functional Fitness is all about. So you, you mentioned, um, you know, like young athletes, and you, you train. Who are the people that you help the most? Do you, do you focus on athletes or you guys have uh, more of a general population over there. Who are you guys helping out the most? No, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I was looked. I, someone asked me this question uh, about three weeks ago, and I started looking into it. I think eighty-five percent is general fitness. Okay. Yeah. The rest, fifteen percent, is our athletes. Okay. So we help more like general fitness, like middle age and up. That's who most okay. of our clientele is. Yeah, I think, and I think those are, you know, the people. I mean, maybe maybe this is not your specific uh, general clientele, but like from my part of things, the people that come to me the most are um, are people who either are not familiar with exercise at all, or maybe you know, back in their quote unquote heyday, they were extremely active, and now they're just looking to to maintain some level of activity or fitness. Otherwise, you know, they they might not do anything at all. It might go from, you know, being in bed to the breakfast table to car to sitting at a desk and then right back to bed. You know, are those are those the kind of uh like the general clientele that you're working with, like busy busy professionals or Yeah, we train a a, a lot of uh stay at home moms. We we train yeah. a lot of CEOs and yep. uh you know we we train, you know, like I said before, uh, athletes as well, but you know, I, I think we train a lot of people that just want to be held accountable. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, I say like 90, 
99.9% of our clients will not work out without us. Right, and, uh, yeah. And, and do you see that, Eric? I mean... Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. It, you know, somebody told me once, um, and I, I semi-agree and I semi-don't, um, they said that personal training is easy. You know, as a job, which, you know, that, that, that can be debated. But he said, personal training, and this is coming from a trainer. Personal training is easy. You hold the person accountable and you make sure they're making progress. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. That, that really does. Because I think if, if the person is held accountable and they understand why they're there, not just showing up to the gym and going through the motions, but you understand you're there to put in some hard work and you're going to do, be doing it correctly, then that goes further than just having a gym membership, going in, sitting on a piece of cardio equipment for 20 to 30 minutes, and then maybe doing some bicep curls and some tricep pushdowns, and like, okay, well, that's my gym time for the week. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I mean, this reminds me of, uh, like, uh, working out. Like, uh, Eric, if you were in a gym alone, okay, right, you'd be going through the most of it, like you said, right? So if I would walk in and be in your presence – I wouldn't even have to acknowledge you. The research has proved that you would pick up your game 25% more. Oh, yeah. I and, that. and when you're with a trainer, you're going to work 40% harder because you are held accountable. I mean, you got to do it. That, that's what you pay for. Right. So how right. awesome is that? Yeah, and you know what? what's more interesting about that following the statistics you can kind of match it up to when it, maybe you've dealt with this also, but I'll have somebody, let's say that, you know, let's say they're doing a row on the TRX and they're hitting a row and I want to get one more rep out of them, right? Let's go for 20 reps. And that 19th one's almost there. And maybe they get to failure and the form breaks. Like, okay, you're done. And they look at you and they're kind of like, oh man, I'm sorry. Like, hey, you don't have to apologize to me, but that kind of proves, you know, that that level of intensity increases and they want to perform for you. You know, but even though you know it's not about you, it's about them, it's just that little bit more. You're you're right there, you're encouraging them, and they want to perform. They want to do what you're telling them to do. I think that speaks volumes for, for people in our industry if you really care about the people that you're working with. Oh, yeah. I mean, we – I mean, we're in the industry that the, the change lives and bodies right. and minds, you know. We do it, Eric, you know, one one set at a time and one rep at a time. Right. You know, I, I, I want to get in this later. What what I uh, what we really instill about personal training, but we, I mean, look at all the principles that we're losing in society. Yeah. I mean, we instill that into our clients. I mean, there's there, there's no other better job in the world. I don't think. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that that kind of leads me into something else. What what bothers you? right now about the current state of exercise and fitness like what what is the number one yeah i shouldn't say number one there's probably a lot what, what's one thing that really pops out to you that's like oh, that drives me nuts uh i think uh number one would be uh how you're taught in college you know i, I just think uh you know us professionals you know we learn the wrong way you know, you get all this information in school, and then you're you're really uh, too busy studying for tests, and then four years comes, and then you get a degree. And then what? It didn't mm, teach yeah. you how to be the practitioner. It didn't teach you how to be a personal trainer. So I think yeah. 
I think universities, I think colleges uh, create teachers, not practitioners. Um, right. You know, schools don't create engineers. They don't. They don't create artists, writers, scientists. You know, they they create other teachers. So you end up. Lear- I think you end up learning backwards, and I think that bothers me a little bit. You you, you end up learning like the theory of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. What they teach you in, in, in exercise physiology is what, Eric, uh, biology, uh, cells, anatomy. Yeah. And then, then, you know, then what? That you don't understand how, how to be a trainer. You don't understand exercise. So, so it's impossible to learn how to be a trainer until you get those that experience. You know, they said right. 10,000 hours, 10 years would be an expert. So I think we need to create trainers first and then, and then the physiology of it, the concepts of it second. I think that bothers me a lot. I think that needs to change in school somehow, some way. Wow. That's a really, that's a really oh. good point. I don't, I don't think I've ever really, I don't think I've ever really seen it that way. So I think, I think in my personal opinion, I think that the, the education piece of it is so important. But you're right. Without that, no matter what you're in, walking out with just a degree, it really doesn't mean, you know, that you're 100% solid until you get experience under the belt, until you're right there working with a person who, who is maybe has some kind of limitation, especially in the exercise, exercise field, who not who doesn't necessarily need to know, like, what they're doing on a metabolic level, on a cellular, cellular level but understand how to move properly and, and how to get the most out of their workout and how to feel better day to day. No, I, I agree, you know, and then what kind of, what kind of classroom, what kind of anatomy and physiology can mm. teach you that? None, none that I've been a part of. I mean, it didn't, yeah, for me, for, for me, it didn't start until, you know, we had obviously, you know, going through school, I, you know, we had, Plenty of what I would say is it's pretty on, on the weak side of practical experience. So you had to teach a group exercise class or you had to demonstrate a certain type of exercise that might work a certain part of the back. But when you get out in the field and you're actually one-on-one with a person and you have to not only demonstrate but make sure they're comprehending what you're doing and not necessarily dropping a bunch of knowledge on them, but helping them understand their workout and what they're doing uh, to make themselves better. It's, there is nothing else like that except for being ground level with someone. Not to say I, that, I totally agree. Yeah, not to say that the, the education part is not a big link of it. I think it is. But, you know, on a day-to-day basis, for me, I would say I probably use that part of the education, the, the um, uh, you know, Explaining some, to someone what the Krebs cycle is, for instance. When are you, when are you ever <laughs> going to use that? Ever. Unless you're in a hospital. And even then, I doubt people start talking about the Krebs cycle or myosin and actin. And nobody, nobody ever uses that. And unless you're, I don't know, trying to impress somebody, which I don't think they, they would look at you like, what are you talking about? You know, I don't need to know about that. So I can, that's a really good point you made about, about we're learning kind of backwards. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. And I, I think another thing that bothers me uh, is, you know, like trends. Like you said, men's health and fitness, you know, there'll, there'll be articles in there. And 
and you'll read mm-hmm. something and you'll believe it. So there, there's a lot of trends out there, and you've got to be really careful about the trends and how you approach it. You know, I, I think yeah. the best thing is, Eric, is, is stay with the basics. People yeah. can't even do the basics anymore. People can't even – I see kids that are high-level athletes, I mean college wrestlers, some of them, some of them can't even do a proper push-up, a proper squat, yeah, that's, yeah. a proper lunge, a pull-up, right. a push-up. I mean, and, you know, these, these trainers, these, these uh, new cats coming out of school, they have to, to realize that your body is the best thing that God created. If you, if you can't handle your body, why would you load it? It's like putting a, uh, a, uh, a roof over a tent. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to collapse, you know? Right. You yeah. got to make sure they can learn their, their own body weight. Yeah. So, learn, uh, learn your own body. That's right. Absolutely. And I think that, that speaks a lot towards, you know, the progression side of things and make sure people feel comfortable with what they're doing and not just saying, okay, have you ever seen a lunge done on TV? Yeah. I've seen one in a magazine before. Okay. Good luck. You know, here you go. Lunge down and back down the hallway. Um, no, I, I agree. It, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the most popular trend right now, and, and you know it as well as I because you're in the industry, is uh, is CrossFit. Uh, I, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing right now, and it's yeah. blown up. Yeah, and, you huge. know, it's not, not not the best CrossFit because no, the, the, exercises are, the exercises are great. You know, it, it's not the exercises that they're really doing it. It's how many reps they're doing. Right. Like, it's the, philo- for example, the principles process. and philosophies behind it, yeah. Yeah, there's no periodization model. There's no progression. Uh, you, you're doing Olympic lists for, for more than 30 reps, which you, those Olympic lists should be no more than six reps at a time. Right. So it's really not how – or, or it's really not the exercises, it's how it's being performed. Right. And most most general fitness people, individuals can't even do overhead, like snatches and, and clean and jerks because of the sitting position and, and the thoracic mobility and the external rotation through the shoulder. So you got to look at that and not jump on the bandwagon of, uh, of trends. Stay yeah. true to the basics. What makes you feel good, look good, and be good. Right. Yeah. The look, feel, and perform better, I always say. Like, try try this for X amount of days. If you look, feel, perform better, stick with it. Stick with it. If, if I think, really, if people understood what that CrossFit, what CrossFit is, you know, that, that people that should be doing those kind of exercises are, first of all, Olympic athletes. And they are the only ones, in my opinion, are the only ones that should do them because they've been doing them their entire lives, number one. They haven't just jumped into them as a 45-year-old, um, you know, CEO of a company. And all of a sudden now you're doing, you know, clean and jerk or, or whatever the Olympic motion is. These people are training for a specific purpose. And that purpose is to become better at that, that movement or exercise. And it's, it's taken such you – know, you look – you look at those athletes, and now I'm just going down a rabbit hole, but you look at those, those CrossFit athletes that you see on TV, and, man, they are, yeah, they look amazing. They look amazing. To me, it's kind of like taking, it's almost like plucking someone out of college football 
and dropping them right into the NFL. Either you're going to be a high-level athlete already and you're going to be drafted by the NFL, or if you're not, if you're just a, a guy who maybe is a walk-on and you get thrown to the NFL, you're going to get demolished. You know, those people are already probably genetically superior. They already have great ath- outstanding athletic performance abilities. They're not your typical person. You're not, you're not your typical strength trainer or exerciser. I think that's what gets in people's head. They see these people, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I want those six-pack abs and those huge lats, and I want to be able to do, you know, 10,000 whatever the exercise is. But the reality is the people that are training for CrossFit are, only, in my opinion, are only good at CrossFit. And that's just – you don't have to even respond to any of that. I just wanted to say it again. <laughs> that's just how I feel about it. But, no, I mean – you know, like I said, uh, you know, it, it's great exercises. It's just the wrong application, you know. And yeah. You, and not everybody's made for CrossFit, like you said. Like, you know, is everybody made for the uh, the uh, NFL football on Sunday exactly. uh, afternoons? Exactly. You get killed if you join that game. Right. So they're, you know, again, this this stay with the basics, the fundamentals. That's what gets you to the next level. Agreed, hundred um, percent. So that kind of leads into into the future of our industry. Uh, where do you see the future of it going? Um, you know, because I think a lot of people would say, well, look, there's CrossFit. But I think that, you know, we've already established that that probably is not the future. Where do you, where do you hope to see the future of our industry going, personal training and fitness? I mean, honestly, functional training is here to stay forever. Yeah. I mean, this functional training is what we used to do back in the 1800s. You know, we used to, the the work out toenails and fingernails. I mean, these guys would, would chop wood, climb trees, you know, run in sand, and, and they were shredded. They, they never sat on any machines or, or isolated any muscles. I mean, I, I think functional training is here to stay. Um, I think, you know, moving forward, I think there's going to be a, a lot of, like, from what I'm hearing right now, it's, like, a lot of mobility because people sit too much. Yeah. The whole I mean, if you think, Eric, if you think of the sitting position, it, I mean, we we sit to, to work, to rest, to entertain, to uh, negotiate, and that position makes you dysfunctional. Um, overweight, sedentary, it makes you have orthopedic limitations. So a host of a lot of things, you know. So I think a, the way we move in life because of that sitting position right now, we get so short and, 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 and weak in a lot of areas. And I think the, the mobility aspect of it is coming on strong. There's a yeah, guy out in San too. Francisco named Kelly Starrett. I mean, yeah, I, he's all, you know, I'm, yeah, have you heard of him? Oh, I love him, yeah. I mean, it, he, he's, he's huge in the CrossFit world, which I think people kind of, uh, you know, maybe give him some slack for that. But I, I like Kelly Starrett a lot. His, his book um, was The Supple Leopard. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you're, you're reading his stuff because I, I, I think that's the future of fitness as well. I mean, I I don't know. Do you agree? I don't know if it's necessarily the future itself. I think it's it's an integrated part 
um, of it of it all. I think there needs to be um, I think there needs to be not only mobility, there needs to be strength, flexibility. There's muscular endurance. There's muscular uh, strength, and I think all of it wrapped into one. I I hope is where fitness can stay. I don't know if if every single person needs it. In my opinion, depending on what a person does for a living, they might need more mobility than someone else. Um, and that's just my own opinion. I I, I see people who sit at desks all the time, but then when, when they go through a workout, man, they have no limitations at all. There are some people who, who don't sit at desks. Maybe they, you know, who just, there's, they, they get beat up from it. And, and maybe going through that mobility work first will benefit them through their daily life. So I think there's a great variance. I think there's a place for machines. I think there's a place for the, the functional fitness. I think there's a place for kettlebells. I, I think that if, if it's all used, on the individual basis of who you're working with, then it all can be great. Um, No, I couldn't agree with you more. You're you're exactly right. And, you know, I I just think that's more of where fitness is going. Like, uh, I mean, everything else is here to stay, like you said. Like, you need your strength training. You need your machine. You need your weightlifting. You need your functional movement. Mm -hmm. But as we move forward, I I think the mobility stuff is going to – it, this is just my opinion. I think it's going to hit hard with, with the fitness field. But so, as an yeah. integrated model, like you said, yeah, I mean, it's not going yeah. to be the one-all, be-all. <laughs> right. And I mean, some people might think it is. You know, like, it, it's just like if you talk to someone who, and I'm not pointing any, any particular person out, let's just say, uh, let's just say a TRX instructor. Um, and this could go for anybody, any, any person. So I'm not narrowing anything down. But I think the people who get so caught up in just one type of exercise, man, this is it. This is all you need. This is the best of the best because of X, Y, and Z. I think that's where you need to be a little, we as professionals and as a, from a client standpoint, you need to be a little leery and ask a lot of questions of that person because there are, there are some great applications for one exercise that might not translate the, into what a person needs to accomplish. So, but you're right. I think, I, I think as mobility, um, becomes a little more clear to people why it's important. I do think it's going to become a, a really good, a really highlighted piece of exercise. I think it should be. I, you know, I can't, I can't find a reason why, why it shouldn't be. I mean, I have people that train for an hour, and the first 30 minutes of their workout are going through mobility exercises because I've got a guy who's 27 years old, and bending over to touch his toes is like, you, know, you might as well punch him in the stomach with a sledgehammer. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's hard for him. So for 30 minutes, this is what we're going to do. We're going to work on getting you limber, mobile, and then we'll go through a workout afterwards. And, you know, there, there's a place and a time forever for, for all of it. No, I, I could agree more. I mean, you can't just use a, a, a hammer for everything. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not going to open a stereo. You, you definitely need a screwdriver. So you definitely need yeah. uh, a lot more tools than just one tool. Yeah, so we're yeah. we're definitely on the same page with that, and I mean, yeah, it's 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 you gotta you gotta be a craftsman. You gotta yeah, have you a do. lot of tools. <laughs> hey, th- that kind of brings up. Uh, how do you feel? And this is kind of off the wall. How do you feel about about personal training be being an art form rather than a science? Because that I someone asked me that the other day. Um, you know, they, they were saying that. What they do for a living, and I'll leave the person unnamed, is more of an art form than than a, a science. So I was going, yeah, that 
That kind of makes sense in a way. How do you feel about that statement? Like in terms like uh, art form and what, being creative or? Yeah, like knowing where to place exercises and, and how to do them and when to do them and maybe, you know, how to coach coach your your clients. I know I know a lot of trainers who are great at coaching, but maybe not exercise selection or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, I've seen those trainers too. That they got the best personalities in the world, and they're not so good at training. Yeah. But uh, and and they're very successful. But I, I think the art is huge. And uh, what was the other one? The, the exercise physiology part of it. Oh, the science the, part. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. The art form and the, and the scientific, the science part of it. I mean, I think you you definitely have to have a great system. Yeah. You know, system stands for, you know, save yourself time, energy, and money. You know, why is every everybody, all the kids so enthusiastic about McDonald's? You know, they, they know what they're going to get. <laughs> they know how much it's going to cost. It's a great system. So to answer your question with the art, I think both are important. You definitely have to be able to program design. And then if you have somebody specific with, with a – certain energy system you got to know that too so if you're right. training a soccer player you got to know what kind of energy that soccer player exerts so you don't train it the wrong way right so i, I think i think both are really important yeah that's a good point that's a good point so i think the other person i was talking to just made it so you know as a as it's more of an art form than anything i i I agree that there is an art form to it. You know, that there is a uh, certain style that I think a trainer should have. But I don't. I, I agree with you that it's just like everything else. You need to have like a really good integration of both. You know, I think that a workout can be fantastic, but if a client doesn't relate to the trainer, then it's, you're probably going to lose that client. You know, and that's a bit that's that's a disservice to both the the people. That's yeah, and answer. that's why. Uh... That's why programs do not change lives. Coaches change lives. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, oh. I think I just got goosebumps. I'm going to have to quote you on that. I'm going to have to quote you on that. That's, pretty, that's a good one. I like that. <laughs> you you can steal it and use it, Eric, anytime you want. <laughs> I'll make a T-shirt under it, hashtag. Um, I mean, I mean, think about it. We carry around a, a log sheet and a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper. Right. We, I mean, look at Vince Lombardi. How did he go in the halftime 30 points down, okay, and then come out like 50 Lions and win the game? I mean, what happened in those 20 minutes during halftime? Yeah. I think us coaches need to be Vince Lombardi's. We need to take it really serious because our clients are paying, you know, top money for us to put right. their body in our hands for an hour. Yeah. We've got to give them the great tools, but without a personality, there's no there's no good tools. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah, it might just be hidden underneath like a hard exterior or something. I mean, that's, that's a really good point. And I think going back to the art and the, and the science part of it, I mean, I think you agree with me, Eric. We're, we're psychologists, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the stuff we listen to, and, I mean, our clients become our great friends. This is not our clients. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, they're they're part of our family. Yeah. Yeah. No, you bond a relationship so, with people. Does I mean, it's like you said. You know, you're they are putting their their bodies and well-being in your hands for an hour. You know, why shouldn't they be more than just a client? They should be your friend. I mean, there's I'm not going to trust someone who I I is not my friend to to help me with something. You know, I'd rather have a friend help me move than a complete stranger, even if I've talked to the person a few times. So it that makes complete sense. You got to have that that bond and relationship and complete trust. Otherwise, it's not going to work. I mean, I, how boring would it be to, to hire a personal trainer and and re, just regret going every single time? You're, yeah, you're not going to get the most out of them. You're not going to be able to make them find out what makes them tick and they're not going to work hard for you. Yeah. And eventually absolutely. they'll leave. Yeah, and the dreading the aspect, too. And this comes back, this kind of goes on. And, we're, and we're, we'll start to whittle down here. We're, we're running on uh, about 30 minutes. But, um, you know, you, you want someone to come in and enjoy the workout, even though they know it's going to be hard and, it, you know, it might be a tough one. You want them to know that whatever you have them doing is going to be in their best interest and you're pushing them because you know that they can push and they can give you one more rep, even if they're shaking their head like, no, I can't, and they're grinding and their face looks like, you know, they're, it's going to explode. But if, if they put their trust in you and they, they eke out that one more rep no matter what it is, that speaks for itself right there. I think if a, if a trainer has a hard time doing that, then a reevaluation should probably take place. Um, no, absolutely. You you gotta you gotta find out what makes your clients tick and how to get the best out of them. Yeah, that's what they hire you for. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, not not to cut that part of the conversation off, but uh, what uh, as we wrap up here, what what kind of current projects are you guys working on over there, and what do you what do you have going on in the future that you want people to know about? Uh, right now we're you know. I mean, the project that I'm working on is, uh, you know, I'm going to speak in San Antonio, Texas, January 8th at the uh, NFCA Sports Pacific Conference. So I, okay. I have that going on. Um, as a gym, Cincinnati Functional Fitness, we're just getting busier and busier every day training. Um, we're really focusing on, like, semi-private training, although one-on-one still uh, has a huge place in, in the fitness industry, but we're really not working on a lot of things. We're just uh, we're we're having fun. We're enjoying our job every day, and uh, we're just changing lives and and making a huge impact in the community. And proving people's lives through strength training. I like it. That's kind of you yeah. can use that too. You can use that too if you want. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I want to definitely talk to you before time's up, Eric, about who we are as trainers. I think this will hit home of a lot of a lot of trainers that are listening. Go for it. Uh you know, if you if you look at the values and the morals morals and the ethics, you know, in society, I think all of them are dying. And the good news is, Eric, we're still in the fitness field. And I think the fit fitness field is the only principle based experience left in this world. If you think about it, everything else you can buy. But you can't buy 10 pounds off by Friday. You can't buy an increased VO2. You can't buy an increased lactate threshold. You can't buy neural adaptations. You can't buy any of that. You still have to work. So if you, yeah. 
if you want good cardio, you got to run. If you want stronger legs, you got to squat and you got to squat heavy. So the sacrifice, the work ethic, the, the uh, altruistic behavior, the commitment, the priorities, delayed gratification, everything we're losing in society still mm-hmm. holds true in the experience and journey of fitness. Wow. Think yeah. about it. How, how powerful is that? We, there, there's 300, there's over 300,000 personal trainers in this country. And Eric, we see society on a one-on-one contact more than any field in the world. That's why we have the best, best job in the world because we can instill all the principles that we're losing in society back into our people. And, and we also have the ability to, uh, to uh, train the youth and get them in Yeah. Yep. And pray to God that they outlive their parents. So we're being a huge mentor for the for the youth. Yeah, 100%. There's a lot that goes into it, but, you know, I just told my staff last Friday meeting, that's what we do for a living. We change lives, We and, and we do it one step, one rep at a time. Yep. Yeah, that the... I said that before too about about the youth. You know, if there's something that can impact impact the youth and, and young adults, male and female, doesn't matter what limitations, exercise, strength training, the right, the proper way speaks volumes. You learn so much about yourself, and you know, let alone the person that you're working with. But you, you really do learn a ton about what you can handle as a human, as an individual on this planet, how to work with others, how to work with yourself, how to perform for yourself. I think there's a lot to be said for that, definitely. No, absolutely. That's awesome, man. I'm glad you brought that up, really. I think that if there are other personal trainers listening, which I know there are, that, you know, that gives them something to think about for sure. I think any time that you can – Evaluate yourself and how you are, uh, how you're bringing yourself to the people that you work with, and you're and you make sure that you're bringing your best self to the people that you're trying to get the best out of. Um, that's extremely important, man. It's not just about what you know and and you know how great of a trainer you are, but what are you bringing to the table besides all of that? That's awesome. No, I appreciate that. And I, you know, last CFF meeting with my staff, I said, you know, if you guys think we're selling push-ups and jumping jacks, think again. <laughs> we're selling good old-fashioned values, values that are being lost in today's culture. And and you see it, Eric. You own a business. You you interview these these young guys. I mean, where where's everything going? Yeah. And look at the fitness field. We have the opportunity to instill those principles right back into our clients. Yep. That's powerful. That is powerful. It's right, yeah, it's right in front of us too, every day. You've got to put those kind of things in the forefront, I think, instead of just saying, all right, it's workout time. But it's, it's things like that, I think, that really matter. Uh, have you listened to the, uh, maybe you haven't listened to any of the podcasts, but there's a podcast, um, one of my podcasts that, uh, I speak with um, a trainer about um, his name is Ben about about taking a self inventory and about really what you're doing 
And I think that says a lot about the trainer. So you got to take it, take an inventory. And I'm not going to go too deep down that because I think a lot of people are sick of hearing me say taking a, talking about, you know, taking a self inventory. But, um, I think, I think making sure that you have things correct with yourself, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually, you know, financially, all those things kind of come into play and fitness affects all of those. You know, a healthy foundation for for all of those kind of uh, things that we face on a on a daily basis. I think we lay the found we can lay the foundation for that. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, you know, you got to look at yourself, and you know, I agree. Take yourself inventory, and you know, you, you can't take a client on a journey that you haven't experienced. Right. So I think you definitely gotta be, you know, you gotta you, you gotta work out. You you have to, you know, definitely have a clear mind. You gotta be happy, you know. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah, you have to know what they're going. You have to know what you're putting them through. <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta have a taste of it. If you don't have a taste, then man, you don't need to be in the gym with them. But uh, I always tell my staff, don't don't put your clients through something you haven't experienced. That's a no no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I work I work out with I have a I have a training partner, um and his name's Aaron and we I tell you what, man, when we're finished, it's you know, we don't we push our, our clients hard, but we try to push each other even harder. Right? You gotta know how they feel. Even if you're feeling worse right now, you have to know. And it, it's not about making the person feel like crap, but Know that the, the what, know what your limitations are. That transfers to what their limitations are. I mean, you recognize that they are pushing hard because you've been pushed hard. So and, and it makes you a, a, a better trainer. Makes you a better professional. Yeah, it does. A hundred percent. Hey Scott, if someone wants to uh, to get a hold of you, uh, where can they reach you? Do you have a uh, Twitter and Facebook? What's the best way to get hold of you? Uh, I have a uh, a email and a phone number. My uh, email is Cincy with a Y Fit dot com. So CincyFit dot com, and then uh, my phone number over at CFF is five one three three five one sixteen forty. Sixteen forty, awesome. I'll uh, I'll post that to the notes and. Um you know, hopefully if anybody has any questions, they can reach out to you and, um, you know, keep the keep the good stuff flowing, man. I'll, I know you're a busy person. I really appreciate you coming on and taking, taking the time to speak to everybody and letting them know what you guys are about and, and spilling some wisdom, man. Thank you so much, Eric. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure. 